Hi, I'm Dennis Hester, and I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church Watauga, and we are grateful that you have tuned in to listen to these messages, either through our podcast or on our website. And as you listen to these, our prayer is that you would hear the Lord speak to you from His Holy Word. If you're interested in learning more about the church, you can get on our website at fbcwatauga.org. From there, there's a place where you can plan a visit, you can learn more about our beliefs. You can also request prayer through the prayer request page. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to get to know you. The most important thing that I'd communicate to you is as you listen to God's Word, that you find a place to get plugged into a local congregation, whether it's here at First Baptist or another local church where you live. If you'd like information or would like us to help you find a church home, uh, we'd love to talk to you about that. And you can contact us through our Facebook page. So God bless you as you listen to His Word, and may the Lord encourage you in your walk. So back in February 2017, Guinness Records declared a robot by the name of Forpheus, the first robot table tennis tutor, or ping pong tutor, because this is America. And this robot was developed by a Japanese company and is able to teach any human the fundamental skills of ping pong and is also able to crush them in competition. Now, let me just tell you, you don't have to be a robot to crush me in a ping pong competition. It's not that hard. All right, regardless, Taco Oya, the lead developer on the project, said that the company's goal is to create a future where humans and machines harmonize together. I don't know how excited I am about that kind of future. Nevertheless, to achieve this, they created this robot that can play ping pong. I, I guess the most human thing that they could think of was ping pong. So we've been walking through this series in the book of Hebrews titled A New and living way, and, and as we have been going through this series, re really going all the way back to Hebrews chapter one, as we've been walking through this series, we, we see and understand that it is God's desire that, that we would live in harmony, not with robots, but with him. And, and he didn't just, just begin playing table tennis or ping pong, Jesus Christ became one of us, he came into this world, he became a human, and, and as we know him, and as we grow in him, as we submit our lives to him, he doesn't just teach us the fundamentals for a game, he teaches us the fundamentals necessary for this life, a new and living way. And so as we continue in our series today, we're gonna be talking about a topic that I believe can be a little bit uncomfortable for all of us, discipline. Now, it's not always uncomfortable to think about other people receiving discipline, right? When we're driving down the road and someone runs that red light or they pass us on the highway going 90 to 100 miles per hour, it's easy to think, I hope they get pulled over. I hope they get the discipline they deserve. But it's a little different when we're the ones that need the discipline, it's a little more uncomfortable when we're the ones that need to be disciplined. So as uncomfortable as this topic might be today, as we study this topic and as we allow for discipline to be received into our lives, it is so beneficial for us as we continue to run this race that has been marked out for us. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses four through 11. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verses four through 11. Now as you turn there, let me just remind you what we've been talking about over the last few weeks leading up to this passage. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we have been reminded that, that we have been called to run this race with endurance, to live by faith just as those who have lived before us, as they have lived by faith and as they have finished this race victoriously, we are called to endure. And what we have seen is that the things that we have been called to endure over the last few weeks are hardships and persecutions, that we wouldn't let these hardships and persecutions detour us from the call, that we wouldn't let these hardships and persecutions detour us from walking in faith, from our faithfulness to Jesus Christ. But as we look at our passage today, we're gonna understand that that the struggles that we face in this life are not always those external struggles, those hardships and persecutions. Many times the struggles that we face in this life are those internal struggles, the struggle to continue in obedience, the struggle to resist sin. So let's read Hebrews 12, four through 11. It says, in struggling against sin... You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that the father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness." No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So as we look at this passage, let me first point out that phrase, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In this phrase, I believe we see two things. First, we see this reminder that Christ did resist sin to the point of shedding his blood for our sins on our behalf. Christ did not sin. Christ was and is the only one who has ever resisted sin to the point of death He was blameless, he was spotless, and it is through his resistance of sin that he was the perfect sacrifice. And because of his shed blood, no other sacrifice is necessary. We don't have to make yearly sacrifices. We don't have to continue to shed the blood of bulls or goats because Jesus was the spotless lamb. His shed blood was final. His shed blood was enough. However, that phrase, not yet, is also an indication and a reminder, especially to the audience at that time, who were, many of them were converted Jews, that there may come a time that they have to stand in their faith and in their faithfulness to the point that they might 
shed their blood for Christ. We know that many disciples at that time gave their lives for Christ. Their blood was shed as they stood firm in their faith. They became martyrs for the faith. And while many of us are are disconnected from that idea here in our country, we know that there are many people around the world even today that are standing firm in their faith to the point that they are having to shed their blood for their faith. And while I pray that we never get to that point in this country, we know that it is a very real possibility that even in our country, there might be a time that we as believers have to stand firm in our faith, even to the point that our blood is shed, to the point of death. But beyond persecution, let me bring you back to to enduring in our struggle against sin, enduring in our struggle to walk in obedience. If you're a believer, then it should be your desire to resist sin. If you're a believer, it should be your desire to walk in obedience to the Lord. And we know that it is God's desire for us to resist sin. It is God's desire that we would walk in obedience to him. And because of that, there might be times that we experience discipline from God just as a child experiences discipline from a loving parent. So this morning, I'd like for us to look at three things for us to understand about discipline from the Father. First, discipline is to be received. Discipline is to be received. Let's look at verses five and six again. It says, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Discipline is to be received. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this idea of talking about receiving discipline or needing to receive discipline is a lot easier to talk about than to put into practice. Because many times I think our first reaction to to being disciplined is to resist discipline. We don't like the discipline that we're receiving, therefore we don't want to receive it. We are not open to receiving it. And instead we put up our walls of defense. So there are a few stories that I'm gonna share with you today about uh, times when I was a child, times that I needed to be disciplined and I was rightfully disciplined by my parents. But before I do, let me say that in a room this size, I know that there are probably many different viewpoints on how a child should or should not be disciplined, uh, how a parent should or shouldn't discipline their child. And so, my parents, they disciplined me in, in many different ways, and, and one of which, uh, which I'm gonna start with this morning, was by spanking. So I can vividly remember the last time that, that my dad spanked me. My sister and I, we're, we're about three years apart, and my sister and I, we were outside uh, playing with some neighbor friends, and, and our neighbor friends were very close to us in age, and so the four of us are playing, and my sister and I got into an argument with each other. Now, I don't remember what the argument was about, but I'm pretty sure I was right. <laughs> yeah. But regardless, we were arguing with each other, and... and we were clearly arguing loud enough because my dad who was in the house could hear us arguing and he didn't like the fact that we were arguing in front of our friends. He didn't like the fact that we were arguing loud enough for people in their houses to hear us 
And so he came outside and he took both my sister and I inside the house and he took a ruler and spanked both of us. Now my natural reaction was not to simply receive the spanking but instead to cover my rear with my hands which only led to my hands getting spanked before my bottom got spanked. So many times, even as adults, our initial reaction to discipline from the Father is not to receive the discipline, but to cover our rears, right? To come to our own defense, to to prove why we do not need to be receiving this discipline. We see this dating all the way back to the fall of man, to the beginning of time, right? As Adam and Eve ate the fruit, that they were not supposed to eat, God goes to Adam first to deal with the issue, and what does Adam do? He tries to cover his rear, and he says, she made me do it, right? And then Eve, what does she do? She tries to cover her rear. The serpent told me to do it, right? And so we see, we see that in our flesh, the tendency is not to want to receive discipline, but instead to resist it. So let me give you a suggestion today. And I'm giving this suggestion as much to myself as I'm giving it to all of you. Instead of looking at discipline as something bad to be resisted, look at discipline as a gift to be received. Instead of looking at discipline as something bad to be resisted, look at it as a gift to be received. So gift giving is a love language of mine, which, which also means that gift receiving is a love language of mine. It, when people give me gifts, I feel loved by them, but, but it's also a way that I, I show and I tell others that I love them, especially when it comes to my wife and children. I, and, and when I give gifts to my family, I can't wait for that gift to be received by them. So, Valentine's Day was just a a few weeks back, and and I decided this year, I didn't wanna wait till the last minute. I didn't wanna be with that crowd of men on on the night before Valentine's Day at Walmart, right in the card aisle, trying to find what they were gonna get. I decided I was gonna go a week early. Valentine's Day was on Friday, so the Friday before, a week early, I went to find Sarah's gift for her for Valentine's Day, and I found the perfect gift for her, and and I wrapped that gift, and I was super excited about it. The problem was, is now I was gonna have to wait a week to see her reaction for her to open that gift, and so I'm just gonna be honest, I couldn't wait, right? So when she got home from work that day, that, that gift was sitting on the table already so that she could open it a week early so that I could see her reaction a week early. And when I was a kid, receiving gifts, man, I had a hard time waiting on that as well. At Christmas time, when all the presents were wrapped under the tree, it was like they were staring at me just saying, open me, open me, open me. And so I would beg my parents, please just let me open one gift early, just one gift. You can pick the gift, just let me open it early. Which, by the way, my kids do to me now, and it's not as funny but I couldn't wait to receive the gifts, right? So discipline, while not easy, it is a gift to us. And this gift of discipline is not a sign that God hates us, it is a sign of God's love for us. It is his love language to us. He disciplines the ones he loves. God 
disciplines the one he loves. It is a gift to us. And so instead of resisting discipline, right, we should receive this gift from God. Instead of resisting discipline, we should receive this discipline. So discipline is to be received. Second, discipline is a sign of belonging. Discipline is a sign of belonging. More specifically, discipline from the Heavenly Father is a sign that we belong to the Heavenly Father. Let's read verses seven through 10 again. It says, endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness." Discipline is a sign of belonging. Discipline is a sign that we belong to the Heavenly Father. Now, if you know my family well, you know that we have two children, Emily and Ethan. And if you just look at my children based on appearance, chances are you're not gonna know that they belong to me. They both have very, very blonde hair. And well, I don't, right? And who knows what's going on with this red goatee up here, right? And they didn't get any of that, right? So, so they've got very, very blonde hair. And, and Emily got her mom's beautiful good looks, thank God. And, and when you look at pictures of Sarah when she's Emily's age, it's amazing how much Emily looks exactly like her mother. Now, I would like to think that Ethan looks a little bit more like, like me, and I think maybe he did when he was a baby, but we saw a picture of Sarah's brother uh, recently when he was a child, and it was like looking at a picture of Ethan. It was crazy how much, how much Ethan looks like his uncle, the way he was standing, his facial expression, his hair. Ethan looks not like me. He looks exactly like his uncle, which all I can say is that the genes Sarah brought to the table were strong. <laughs> So you may not be able to just look at my children and know based on their appearance that they belong to me, but when you see me disciplining my children, you will know that they belong to me. Because here's the truth. Most of the time, we do not discipline other people's children. Discipline in schools is not what it used to be because teachers and administration are not allowed to discipline children the way they used to, like parents discipline children. We just don't discipline other people's children the same way parents do. But we do discipline our own children or we should discipline our own children. So when I ground my children from TV or electronics, when I take away a privilege or even when I spank my children, you know that they belong to me. Because me disciplining my children isn't simply a sign that they are children it's a sign that they are my children. Discipline is a sign that we belong. Discipline from the Father is a sign that we belong to the Father. So when I was growing up, I really enjoyed hearing my dad's 
car pull into the driveway. I would get excited when his car would pull into the driveway and I would hear his car door shut and I would run outside to greet him with excitement, thankful that he was home. Except when I had gotten in trouble earlier that evening with my mom. So I can remember one particular time uh, specifically. We had gotten home from school and my mom had asked me to do the dishes. We didn't have a fancy dishwasher in our house. I was the dishwasher. And if we wanted a fancy dishwasher, then I just had to put on a suit and a tie while I washed the dishes, because that's as fancy as we were getting. (laughs) So we were home after school, and I had settled into my typical routine, which was taking a nap, because I had probably stayed up way too late the night before. And so I'm settling in to take a nap, and my mom tells me to do the dishes, and I said, no. I know. (laughs) And not only that, I argued with her, and I stood my ground, which did not turn out well for me. I got in trouble with my mom, and I still had to do the dishes, and I remember washing the dishes, saying to my mom, we don't have to tell dad, do we? Because I knew, even though my mom had disciplined me already, when my dad got home, I was gonna get disciplined from him as well because I didn't just belong to my mom, I belonged to my dad as well. And he loves me and he didn't want me to continue with that action or that attitude. He didn't want me to continue treating people the way I had treated my mom. So that night when my dad pulled into the driveway, I did not run out to greet him (laughs) because I knew the father's discipline was coming, right? God disciplines us because we belong to him, because he loves us. So I think it's only fitting right here to pause and ask this question. Can you look at your life at times and see the Father's discipline at work in your life? I don't want there to be confusion. Jesus is the only way we are saved. Jesus is our only means for salvation. We're not saved somehow by our own suffering in this life. However, if we have given our lives to Jesus and thereby we are children of God, then the discipline of God should be evident in our lives when we are living in sin. So do you feel convicted when you sin? Do you feel God turning you away from your sin and turning you back to him in times of disobedience? Can you see God disciplining you when necessary. I don't want anyone in here to begin doubting your salvation, but these are valid questions that as children of God, we should be able to answer. And if you're here today and you would say you have never given your life to Christ, you have never turned from your sins and made Jesus the Lord of your life, then I urge you today, become a child of God through Jesus Christ. Turn from your sins and turn to the Father that loves you. So discipline is to be received. Discipline is a sign of belonging. Finally, this morning, discipline is pain with a purpose. Discipline is pain with a purpose. Let's look at verse 11 again. It says, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So let me bring you back to that first point this morning. Discipline is to be received and say this, the reason that we should receive discipline from God is because discipline 
is pain with a purpose. God doesn't just discipline us for kicks, right? He isn't some sadistic individual that enjoys to see pain in your life or enjoys to see pain in my life. Rather, he is a loving father and the pain that we might experience through discipline has a purpose in his hands. God disciplines us and the pain has a purpose. Let me illustrate it this way. When Emily was younger, brushing her hair was a painful event, both for parents and for child. Her hair was soft and fine, and it easily got tangled. And so when we would brush her hair, there was also typically a lot of screaming and crying involved, and that was just from mom and dad. (laughs) But Emily would say, stop. And we would say, but we can't, we have to brush it. And she would say, but it hurts. And we would say, but we have to get the tangles out. If we don't, it's just gonna get worse. We have to work the tangles out. It was pain, but it had a purpose. Listen, when God disciplines us, he is just working the tangles out of our lives. And we may shout, stop, but God's gonna say, I can't, I have to do it. And we may say, but it hurts. And he'll say, but if I don't do it, it's only gonna get worse. I have to work this out in your life. It hurts, but he's working the tangles out. It's painful, but it has a purpose. Discipline has a purpose in our lives. In fact, as we see that phrase, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, You know what that tells us? Discipline develops discipline. Discipline develops discipline. In other words, discipline received develops self-discipline in our lives. Discipline received develops self-discipline in our lives. So I'm gonna tell you one final story this morning from my childhood. And this is probably one of the most embarrassing stories that I can tell you of a time that I acted out uh, in my disobedience and that I needed to be disciplined And so as I tell you this story, if you're a parent in here and you struggle in disciplining your your children, then let this story just be an encouragement to you as you see me now. Uh, Hopefully I'm a little bit better than I used to be. So as you see me now, uh, let this be an encouragement uh, to you that there is hope for you and your child. And then also I want you to hear this story and understand how important it is for you to discipline your children, how necessary your discipline is. So this was spring break of my fifth grade year. My family and I, we were traveling from South Texas all the way to Orlando, Florida in a minivan uh, to go to Disney World. And I was in the back row of the minivan. And this was before DVD players and iPads and all of these great distractions that we have on road trips now for our kids, right? We just had good old fashioned radio and cassette tapes. And there was a specific cassette tape that I really liked listening to that I wanted my parents to to play for me so I could sing along to it. And so I asked my parents, would you put this tape in so that I can listen to it and sing along to it? And my parents told me no because they were listening to a talk show at the time, something that I probably thought was boring. And so uh, they said I was gonna have to wait. Well, I didn't like that. And so I began in the back row of the minivan, I began to just throw a tantrum. I began to bang my fists on the seat and, and just scream at the top of my lungs, demanding that my parents put that tape in right now. And when they refused, 
I began to bang my head and scream even louder on the seat in front of me. There was a a truck driving behind us pretty close, and I kid you not, they slowed down to get away from us. (laughs) They were like, there is nothing, nothing good going on in that van right now, and they were right. And so, you're probably thinking that my dad should have pulled over and whooped me good and proper, and and maybe he should have, but that's not what he did. Instead, my parents put that tape away, and they told me, you can never listen to this tape ever again. And I think at that moment, that probably had more impact on me than even a, a, a whooping would have, because I realized that I had lost something important to me, not just for a moment, but for good because of my actions. And so I can honestly say that I never listened to that tape again, but I also never acted like that again. You see, my parents' discipline was painful, but it had a purpose, and it developed in me a self-discipline so that I wouldn't continue to act like that. Discipline develops discipline. And so in those moments when you feel like God is disciplining you, the question to ask is not why is this happening to me? Rather, the better question to ask is what is God doing in me? What is God developing in me? Because although you may be experiencing some type of pain from the discipline, God is using whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you're going through to sharpen you to mature you, and to conform you into his image. Which brings me to another truth that I want you to understand this morning as we think about pain with a purpose. Discipline develops you as a disciple. Discipline develops you as a disciple. So those two English words, discipline and disciple, actually come from the same Latin root word because truly someone that is being disciplined is being shaped and molded as a disciple to follow instructions. And as believers, when God disciplines us, he is shaping us and molding us to follow him, to follow his instructions, to be his disciple. And I can honestly say that as I have allowed for God's discipline in my life at times, as I have allowed for his word to correct and guide me, as I have allowed for his instruction to speak into my life and for God to even remove things in my life that don't belong, I have seen God developing me as a disciple. I have seen God molding me and conforming me, not into the images of this world, not into some image that I want for myself. I have seen him shaping me and molding me into Christ's image. Discipline develops you as a disciple. And so when you are being disciplined, does it hurt? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. But the pain isn't useless pain. In God's hands, the pain has a purpose. Discipline is to be received. Discipline is a sign of belonging. And discipline is pain with a purpose. So I'm gonna invite Matthew and the praise team back up here. And we're gonna have a time of response this morning. This is your chance to respond to whatever it is that God is doing in your heart and in your life in these final moments this morning. Maybe you're here today and you would say you have never given your life to Christ. 
You have never turned from your sins. You have never made him your Lord. I'll remind you once again, there is no other way that we can be saved. There is no, no other way that we can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, you would say, I'm not a child of God. Then I would encourage you this morning, make that decision. Turn from your sin, turn to Jesus, allow for him to be the Lord of your life and become a child of God through Jesus. If that's you this morning, if you want to make that decision, then during this final song as we sing, I would invite you to come down front. I'll be standing down here. Nathan will be standing down here. You can come and talk with one of us and pray with one of us. And we might even get you connected to one of our decision counselors. Maybe you're here today and you would say you are a believer. And you would recognize that there is discipline happening in your life right now because of sin that you are currently living in. And today you need to just confess that sin to the Lord, allow that discipline to work in your life and turn from your sin. You can do that right where you're at. You can just ask the Lord right where you're standing this morning to forgive you and you can turn from that sin right where you're at. But maybe, maybe just as a sign of surrender, you might wanna come down and kneel down at the altar to lay that down before the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you would say that you believe that God is calling you to join First Baptist Wataga. Maybe you've been visiting here for a while and you believe God wants you and your family to become members here of First Baptist Wataga. You wanna come alongside of us in our mission as we are a family on mission to reach out to the community, to work with Compassion International, to reach around the world. If, if God is calling you to become a member here at First Baptist Wataga, you've been baptized, you've, you've given your life to Christ already, but you just need to connect your life with this local church body. If that's you, then I would invite you to come down during this last song as well. We'd like to talk with you, pray with you, and maybe even get you connected to one of our decision counselors. But whatever it is that God is doing in your life this morning, I would just ask that you respond obediently. Would you stand with me and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, discipline is not fun. Discipline is hard at times, but Lord, we know that you are working inside of us because you love us. And so Lord, in these times when we experience discipline, when it's hard for us, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't resist it as something bad, Lord, but we would receive it as a gift that you might work in our lives, that you might remove the things from our lives that don't belong, that you might conform us into your image. Lord, as we get ready to have this time of response, if there's anyone in here today that needs to make a decision, especially a decision to follow you, I pray, Lord, that you would just be at work in their heart, Lord, that you, your spirit would draw them out of their sins, Lord, that they might follow you in obedience. Lord, we just give you free reign for your spirit to move, to do whatever it is you're gonna do during this time. It's in your name I pray, amen.